0: Yes, I am wearing a crown. Uh, is it because bad hair? Is it for a deeper reason in the network? Is it just for funds? Uh, tune in and you'll find out more. We'll also discuss, of course, the Guardians' split doubleheader victory, uh, accomplishing something they have not accomplished in a month uh, with the victory and the loss today. Uh, in addition, we will preview the Blue Jays series as one of the toughest teams in baseball is coming up for the the cleveland guardians you are locked on guardians your daily podcast on the cleveland guardians part of the locked on podcast network your team every day I am Jeff Ellis, the host of Lockdown Guardians, as I have been for all 700-plus episodes. Before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout. Um, i just looking back then realizing the Guardians pendant is is down. Uh, This is what happens when something's behind you. I need to get better tape. That's that's the lesson. Uh, Before, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Wasn't that Hunter Gaddis talk great? I still think that the more I looked at data and the more I was just thinking about like the mix while he is the complete opposite build to Eli Morgan, they are such similar pitchers that uh, I I do think it's a very clear path for him to be successful in the majors. I thought he was, uh, you know, it gave me a chance to test my crackpot theories against someone who uh, actually knows what they're doing and uh, is in the minors. And he was, it was a fun chat. Um, I wish I was a little better at technology. We'll keep doing and figuring And making those even better in the future. But I hope everyone enjoyed that. Uh, Oh, so the crown. Well, yes, I did get this at a medieval time. My 30th birthday. uh, My wife said it'd be hilarious to get me knighted with all the children. Uh, And then, just to give you some behind baseball stuff. uh, Over in the Locked On, our group chat. I reference that often here on the show. Javi has this habit of, like, Photoshopping crowns on people. So since the Guardians are facing the Padres, I thought, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll pull out the crown uh, and I'll just do this for Javi. This is, this is a shout out to one of the nicest people in the network. This is my tribute to Javi. Uh, I don't know if he will find out, but uh, consider it a tribute to him. Okay. So we got two games to discuss and then we've got the preview. I, I know I haven't done my college preview like on I haven't done the Wednesday wrap up in a while. We will get there, but let's let's just start with game one, the loss. Uh, Clevenger makes his debut. He's solid, you know, four and two-thirds, three earned runs, four hits, three walks, four strikeouts. Uh, Anyone coming back from Tommy John, there's always concerns, and there's a long history of guys having control issues in that first year back. Zach Plesak still just isn't missing bats. That's – his is one of the weirdest things. Like, just – he goes five innings, gives up four runs – or five runs, four earned on four walks, which is a high amount for him. In five hits, he had four strikeouts, uh, a nail – Anil De Los Santos came out and had a strong inning. Henches had two really strong innings, dropping his ERA to .82. Shaw came out and had a good inning. The pen worked well. Uh, Jose Ramirez and Straw stole some bases. But it was just a game where, you know, let's just do the check, okay? The Guardians had seven hits and six walks, 13 opportunities, four runs. It's about average. The other side of things, five walks, six hits, and an error. So they had... uh, 12 opportunities five runs on 12 opportunities is a high amount so they were just a little bit more efficient um and it's the home run you know they had one more extra base hit each team both had two doubles so that's where it kind of comes to be that's that's was the difference in this that's how they could be a little more efficient as they had the extra they had the home run they had the big shot uh, how about taylor rogers now Twins fans get upset about this, but they weren't keeping him. Like, that was a smart trade by the Twins. Maybe Paddock can be a multi-year starter. It's hard to find starting pitching Rogers with an ERA of 0 and 10 saves. That's that's quite the performance. Uh, overall, so who reached base twice in this game? Well, when you got that many walks, there's going to be some. Jose Ramirez had two walks. Josh Naylor had two hits. Uh, and then a hit and a walk for Ahmed and for uh, Mailey, as well as for Owen Miller in this one. Uh, see, here's my problem. So, Ahmed is hitting sixth, and he gets a hit and a walk, so then they put him put him back in the two-hole in that second game, and it's just, it's not good. It's not ideal. It's not the way to go about winning a game right now. He has been with his, as a hitter, he has been as bad as Reyes, as, as Fran Mill has been. So, I don't know why they moved on Fran Mill, but Rosario had one game where he was down in the lineup. Who are three stars in the loss today? Uh, for me, as I'm looking across it, it's like I would give one to Naylor. My only hesitation on Naylor is he did have the error, but he also had the extra base hit. Uh, Jose Ramirez, I'd give one because he reached base twice and had a stolen base. and Then I would give it to Henches, who had two two innings, three strikeouts, no base runners. I, Henches is uh, he's making me look... You know, when Logan Allen got released and Sam Henches all of a sudden turned into the second coming of Andrew Miller, I, I'm not looking very good right now in my analysis of players. Uh, uh, this was a bit of a hard luck loss. It's really one where they, they actually had more opportunities. It's just the extra base hits went the other way, and uh, Cleveland's pen was fantastic. It was just Pleissack. It's a problem right now. Like for as much as people want to give credit, and I'm you know one of the people who do in terms of pitcher development in the early goings of this year and just the past few years, it's like Pleissack and Savale uh, don't look like more than back end starters. That's just the way it appears right now when I look at those two guys at best, so we'll have to see um you know Bieber and Mackenzie potential front line Quantrell more mid rotation, maybe upper mid, but i you know I think policesacks a five, I think Savale's is a five, and you know this is what happens when you get a five out there. You sometimes lose a game that you probably should have been a com- little more competitive in, but that's that's game one that's that's the breakdown on it. Why don't we take an early break here, come back, dive into game two, and then leave ourselves a nice big cushion at the end to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. And our first sponsor is BlueNile.com. I've been talking about them. And Mother's Day is this weekend. If you need a Mother's Day gift, get get cracking, people. This whole episode, as a matter of fact, is brought to you by BlueNile.com. This Mother's Day, give mom something to treasure forever with fine jewelry from Blue and Locked On Sports. Listeners get five dollars off of five hundred using the code Locked On at checkout. Uh, I've talked about before with them. It's they make pieces that make you look at them. You know, I'm I am not a jewelry person. I've never really bought jewelry because uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I just I don't know what I'm doing. If my wife wanted something, she would let me know and I would pick that up. But I am not the person to go. I, it all looks the same to me, but Blue Nile looks a little different. Like, I remember thinking some of their designs a year ago were really interesting and really cool to look at when they sponsored this very podcast. They are not just cookie cutter. On this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports. Listeners get $5 off 500 This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKED ON. That's code LOCKED ON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to Blue BlueNile.com today. So this second game was kind of crazy. Should we just talk about the end first? San Diego loads the bases with one out and, you know, it's one of those situations where, I mean, Sanlin, San, this is a classic case of pitcher wins being, like, junk. Because I mean, he did not—he didn't pitch well. Like, there's no no way you could tell me that that was an effective pitching performance. You got the runner, you get the strikeout, and you get the intentional walk, which I'm never a fan of because you're just putting a base runner on. Then because and then he he follows it up by walking the next guy. He then gets the double play. I mean, that's huge. The double play ball was huge. That's why it's like, okay, so Hamlin necessarily didn't have a bad inning, but it was very close to being to him being the loser in this one. Uh, the other side of things. Uh, framwell gets plunked again. Just a terrible move by a pitching staff to hit a guy who is that ice cold, and Stephen Kwan, who is uh, scorching, does what Stephen Kwan does. Uh, overall, through the box score of this one, I mean, the Guardians had 11 hits. They out hit him 11 to five. Uh, that's they just couldn't string anything together. Uh, 11 hits and four walks. So they had 15 total opportunities you know, uh, and then the hit by pitch. So sixteen opportunities and I think the five runs, that's that's about average. The other side of things, they had ten walks. I mean Cleveland just had command issues in this one. Uh Quantrell was not super sharp. He he battled through, but I mean he walked three. Sandlin walked two. Uh Trevor Steffen walked walked two and uh there was an int- twice they intentionally walked Hosmer. Uh, and that was both. Time. And again, like I hate intentional walks. And like, go back to the what the was it the seventh or the eighth inning? I'll, I'll pull up the exact plays. But it, like, putting guys on base is never a good thing. Like it never ends up working out. It feels like for me. And you go through in this one. So, Cronworth singles. Machado grounds out, grounds out for one out. Then he got a double. So then they intentionally walk Hosmer to load the bases. And then, uh, I'm sorry, was it, no, see, I'm sorry, it was not to load the bases, it's just, he was at second, and Hosmer, and then, again, you intentionally walk the guy, and the next guy up walks. So now you've loaded the bases, they get the strikeout, and then another walk, I mean, Stefan did not have his control today, but they walk in a run, and they manufactured that. You know, by intentionally walking someone after the double, they manufacture that run. I mean, they end up winning this one in overtime, but a a run was manufactured through intentional walks. It's like bunts. They're just outdated thoughts, and they're not effective. And all the data shows it's not the thing to do, and it's never the way to go about it. And, you know, it's just amazing to me how often... I guess it shouldn't be. Like, I mean, I sit there and I read stuff with the with baseball. I mean, there are people doing things that I don't understand. Like, there are people well above my pay grade and my knowledge base and my understanding. But then there are people out there who, who manage teams. And this isn't a knock on Tito. This is just in general. There are people who are managing teams. There are people who have been writing about teams for 30-plus years who I am beyond them. And I'm not even that deep. <laughs> Let's be honest here. And it's crazy to me to think that, like, you can play a billion-dollar industry or be a massive part of a billion-dollar industry and not understand things that aren't that complicated or deep. But but it's happening, and we're ignoring data that shows you know again, Tito is the king of the bunt, though he hasn't done it that much this year. Surprising, maybe it's finally at an end. But the intentional walks, I mean, that's base runners are always bad, always bad. Like that's just it's simple. It's it just put it like that. Base runners are always bad. Uh, you know, in this game, they had 11 hits, but only one extra base hits, extra base hits, one extra base hit, the Clement double. Uh, you know, I don't think I ever finished. They had 17 opportunities on the other side, so they actually had more opportunities because 10 walks plus two intentional walks, which don't count, so they had 12 walks. I, that's it's shocking the Guardians managed to pull this off and win it. When you when you are just hurting yourself that badly. Uh, it's you're lucky to, to be able to get across. Oh, my co-host agrees with me. Let's come up, I'm gonna say hello. He uh, he agrees. You just you can't walk, guys. And the Guardians have built an entire pitching staff around this idea. Uh, you know, I play a lot of OOTP baseball, out of the park baseball, and uh, one of the one things I have always looked at. Uh, you know, it's when you're playing some of the older versions, it was always you'd avoid home runs and uh and walks you're actually okay with giving up a lot of hits like if someone had a poor rating uh, as long as they didn't walk anyone and they didn't get hit hard that's what mattered and at a very basic level um you know the guardians have somewhat of a similar approach though they're okay with uh with guys getting hit hard it's more about uh keep making sure that it's mostly in the air as i talked about with hunter gaddis on the show yesterday who reached base twice in this one well another two walk game by jose uh, Franmel, two hits and the hip, uh, hit by pitch. Signs of life. That's really important uh, for this team. I mean, he he the number two bat on this team heading into the year. Two hits for him, and as continues just to be, you know, ama- like him hitting seventh is a crime right now, uh, especially, like I said, when you know, Rosario goes one for five. Uh, two hits for Hedges. That's right, Hedgie had two hits in this one. Uh, Naylor came in off the bench and had a hit as well. Uh, you know, a lot of guys did a really good job in this game. Quan, of course, has to get one of the stars. He was a pinch hitter, ends up going one for three. But when you get the big hit to win the game, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look past that and make you one of the stars of the game. To me, Franmo Reyes, two hits and being, uh, hit, I mean, being, got he got on base. He helped that situation. That's, he reached base three times, I believe. He was was he, he and Austin Hedges were the only people to reach base three times, as we all expected. Hedges and Reyes, uh, you know, that's who we expected to pace the team in terms of being on base. Uh, the bullpen, like I said, Trevor Steffen was finally mortal. Uh, Castro came in and <coughs> excuse me, uh, he was the double header, the player for the in the double header day. Class A had another strong inning. That's what two three in a row. Uh, for Ghost after the struggles last time he was great uh, Sandlin it wasn't clean but he was effective and that's the thing like Mackenzie Gore was really good on the other side of things 5 and 2 thirds 1 earned run like, I, I, if you listen to this podcast how often did I say the Guardian should try to buy low on him uh, then Ruben went out there and helped fix him uh, Craig Stamen, who spent like a year in AAA when the Guardians needed bullpen help. For whatever reason, he could not get up to the big leagues. Tim Hill, who came from Kansas City, struggled. Uh, Suarez, got, I mean, their whole pen was just a, a, a disaster for San Diego in this one. Where Cleveland's was, I mean, yeah, Trevor Steffen finally had a mortal game. Uh, but for everyone else involved, like, the pen was fantastic across the board. So uh, who are three stars in this one? No, I already said that. I gave two of the three in the the whole setup, and then I didn't come back around. Uh, I'm I'm going to give it to Hedgy. Hedges, you know, he's always a strong defender. He had two hits and a walk. Uh, By the way, his OPS is now higher than Clements. It is higher than Reyes. It is almost as high as Rosario's. Uh, he's, he's, He's trending upwards. Let's put it that way. He is playing better. Uh, of late. Uh, For the Guardians, this is a split series. What's interesting is they had not split a series since Kansas City opening weekend. Every other one had either been the Guardians being swept or the Guardians sweeping someone. There had not been a split decision series since opening weekend. It's been just all sweeps since opening weekend. So that that was a bit of a crazy fact for me. Again, you know, it's... uh, quantum leap uh, we're quitnesses let's all get on the Qantas airlines whatever bad pun you want me to make doesn't Stephen kwan just make things more fun like everything about him you you don't want to turn away when he's in the box right now and outside of jose ramirez there's nobody i would have rather had hitting in that situation based on what we've seen this year Agree, disagree, make sure to let me know over on Twitter. Hit me up at Jeff Draft. Leave some questions so we can do a mailbag sooner rather than later. We're going to take that break, uh, come back and discuss the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the more dangerous teams in the American League. First, though, let's take a moment and thank some of the fantastic sponsors that keep this show going. So, Bet Online, <laughs> sad face when we talk about Bet Online. Uh, Quan is now 7-1 to one odds when he was like, yeah, off the board is what they're claiming. I swear at one point I got something from them that had him at, like, plus 5,000. That he was really not someone for it. And it's just, it's going to be sadness for me and my bank account all year. Because uh, BetOnline.net is, and apparently my co-host also is a big uh, fan of uh, BetOnline. So what do you want to home him about BetOnline? Or, or should we do the, like, for the YouTube, pretend he's a puppet? BetOnline... Uh, Donnet is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports development league reviews news including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. Bet Online is your continuing source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. You know it's late. I get punchy. <laughs> Our next partner has a product I've been using every day. Uh, I started taking AG1, let's be honest, because they sent it to me. Athletic Greens is our, is our host. Um, they sent it to me to try, and sometimes you get sent things, and you're like, okay, that's a one and done. i got to come up with something. I have to invent something to uh, talk about. That's not the case here. I, I liked Athletic Greens. I liked the sample I had. I like taking it on a daily basis. It reminded me of like that good, earthy taste. The bit, hint of citrus to it, but the good, earthy taste from a good matcha, from a green tea. Uh, if you are someone who likes those flavors like me, then Athletic Greens is the perfect health supplement to start your day. Uh, you know, They're the, talking points. its They, they have sustainability. Uh, their price is cheaper than all their competitors. There's health facts that talk about the importance of multivitamins and that it's keto paleo vegan dairy free and gluten free Like, if no matter what you are you can use athletic greens right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop of just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packets with your first purchase All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network. That's athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network to take the ownership over health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I also want to say it comes in a really nice package. Just side note, just throwing that out there. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays currently second in their division behind the Yankees who won what? Like 11 in a row. Uh, Apparently right at the time I was like, man, the Yankees are scuffling. This is a team that's uh, on the ropes much like when they were struggling last year. Cleveland just helps the Yankees right the ship. Right? There's just something about it. So this weekend, there is Jose Barrios versus Aaron Savali, advantage Toronto there. Kevin Gaussman, Shane Bieber, advantage Cleveland. Ross Stripling and Tristan McKenzie, advantage Cleveland. Is this right? Did the I don't think the Guardians called Kirk McCarthy back up. Um, that's what they have listed here. I, I should go check. I'm going to pause because this completely threw me. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not their starter. Yeah, it's it's police hack. Like, I just went and checked my email from Bart Swain, uh, who's the you know the Cleveland Guardians contact for all that great information. Bart uh, is always on the ball. He's really good at his job. Uh, yeah, police hack is listed as the, the one. I don't I sometimes roster resource. I think they just follow a pattern. I'm Like okay, he started last time. Uh, Alec Bonoa is by by the way been excellent. So that's advantage to Toronto. For Cleveland, you know, in this matchup, they're facing a a very tough team. Uh, There's no way around it. This is a Toronto team that's all in on the now. But let's let's start. So catcher, uh, advanced Toronto again. We said there's no point in even discussing it now. Toronto, I will say, is interesting. Uh, Just because the depth. Oh, can we take a moment? Bradley Zimmer started three games in center field last week. We may see, you know. We may see, but still our heart, um, our our former, uh, very well-loved. Listen, Bradley Zimmer is a good dude who had very unfortunate health. Same story with his brother. Uh, He is limited, but he does things well. I just, I mean, I don't, the vitriol that guy caught, I I can't help but kind of like joke about it now. But, you know, he's part of a platoon situation for them. But uh, just going back, Kirk is their starter. Uh, Jansen is injured. Uh, Moreno might be the top catching prospect in baseball. They've got an interesting set of depth at that position, but it is advantage uh, to Toronto. First base, um, it doesn't matter how well Owen Miller is playing. They have Lottie, so advantage Toronto moving to second base. Uh, Toronto, you know, Kevin Biggio, I think he's hurt, and that's why uh, Espinal has played. Um, yeah, uh, has been out with flu-like symptoms since the 25th of April. I mean, that's, that's a long time to be out with flu-like symptoms. Uh, Espino started the last seven games for them. That's his the question. Is, is it, is it flu-like symptoms or is it something more? Um, that's advantage Cleveland, uh, with the way Jimenez is swinging a bat. Uh, Shrum, is it Trum or Shroom? I think it's Shrum and I've been saying it wrong, but, uh, you know, Shrum, media uh, just consider it you're I mean part of an illustrious group of me butchering names I think you can't get on me about this one right like he, you know he was he was I had some he had some fun with me about the idea of uh, Hosmer and Miller you know the the debate if Jimenez had more of a ba- track track record or not I mean in this case I could anyone argue <laughs> that they have the advantage at first and Espino versus Jimenez I think this one I'm safe on I don't even think uh, you can give me any any backtalk or sass there. Shortstop Bobishat is going to be advantage for Toronto versus Ahmed Rosario, so they are back up to a you know a nice what you basically cancel out the middle in- infielders a two point advantage. But Cleveland wins at third, and <laughs> there's some Toronto fan out there that's probably still mad about that. I still have to laugh. The only thumbs down this podcast has ever gotten on YouTube, and this is not an invitation for you to go give us more thumbs down, but the only thumbs down uh, had to have been an angry Blue Jays fan. It was on the, uh, the episode about Jose Ramirez signing an extension. That was the one thumbs down. And I will tell you, over the last two years, Blue Jays fans just— this reminded me of when I moved to New York City in 2007, and I just had to deal with Yankees fans who just expected— Grady Sizemore to fill the hole they had at center field. Like, Grady Sizemore was in two years going to be the center fielder of the future. Uh, They, you know, it wasn't, I was not there long before CC signed, and it was just, it was always that feeling. Like, New York just expected him to be part of that team. Toronto just, Toronto Blue Jays fans just expected Jose Ramirez to be their third baseman, and it didn't happen. Uh, Thankfully for us, not so much for them. I have a lot of respect. I've had a lot of great interactions with many Blue Jays fans over the years as a prospect guy who uh, is a a teacher as well. Um, Shout out to, I can't remember your Twitter handle. And our one interview was like four years ago, so it's okay if I forget a name after four years. But good dude. Uh, I appreciate a lot of people. And, you know, the people who were running it who came from Cleveland were good people. And Carter Hawkins was always very kind with information to Tony and myself Back in the day, um, you know, Shapiro has always been a class act. Even if his run here was not good, he was always um, he he helped bring in the people who are now here, who established, you know, one of the best front offices in baseball. He's part of that chain. But this long way of saying that uh, the infield is essentially a wash, two to two for each side. So catcher is the advantage. You move out to center field. George Springer is advantage to Toronto. That shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, Left field. Uh, Lored's Gurriel. quan has been really good. Gurriel is, he is what he is. Uh, you know, you just sit here in the moment, you're like, I, I probably, my co-host says I should go Kwan. He is being very loud today, but he is saying that it's Quan, so we're going to, don't get mad at me. Uh, if you're a Blue Jays fan, thank you for listening. Uh, I appreciate anyone who's checking this out for the first time. And all of you who are checking out for multiple times. But I got to go with my co-host. Yeah, I was heeing and hawing. He's he's saying Quan, though. So we're going to go with Quan, advantage. So one point advantage, move to right field where Ramil Tapia uh, is playing versus Josh Naylor. That's advantage Cleveland. So then we are at a tie. Not what one expected, right? And certainly not what I expected. DH has been essentially a roving position for them. Uh, Let's see. You had two games to Springer. Uh, one game for Gurial, two for Zach Collins, who they went out and acquired from Chicago. Uh, you know, it's kind of also like I said, Bradley Zimmer played three games. Uh, they're doing a lot to get their catchers at that position. You say advantage? I think you have to say advantage Toronto, just because uh, you know Franmil's had the one game. Maybe he starts to turn around. Like if Franmil was Fran Mill, you would say advantage Cleveland, and you would say, I mean, let's just, okay, let's change it. It's a push. They don't really have anyone there who makes a ton of sense for that position. They don't have a consistent one. Uh, maybe if Teoscar was healthy or Kevin Biggio was healthy, it would be a different story. But this is a team that's also beat up. You know, they have uh, Huyenji Jinrio has forearm inflammation. Nate Pearson got uh, mononucleosis, blister problems for Ryan Borchek. Uh, Tyler Sasaido had hump Hump. Ooh, nope, he does not have hump. Hip discomfort. I'm just combining hip discomfort into hump, apparently. Uh, and then we talked about this: is the Guardians have been pretty lucky in health, all in all. When we get down to it, been uh, a little sad in terms of should we. It, well, we'll get there. Starting pitching, Blue Jays have the advantage. Barrios has had some ups and downs. He's still a really good pitcher. Gaussman's been great. Manea has been like he's he's a Cy Young candidate in the early going. Uh, Kikuchi had the rough second half. He's been a back end type. Stripling has been kind of consistent with what Ross Stripling's been, but I think they have the better rotation. Though in this series, like I already said at the top, it's kind of a 2-2 split. Bullpen-wise, you know, they got some names. They have a lot of, of old friend alerts. Julian Merryweather, Adam Simber, uh, but it's not it's not what I consider a dominant group. Right now, I think it's advantage to Cleveland because of what guys like Henches and Stefan are doing on a normal at night. Class A is better than Romano. Uh, I, I would I lean into Cleveland just because they have a few guys who are really looking good right now. Uh, De Los Santos has been great since he's been called up. Sandlin, the depth of having Eli Morgan. So we had a one-point advantage, then it went to two. So it's a one, I have a one. Uh, like I said, I, my view on this is a split series. That's just the way I'm kind of looking at it uh, in the grand scheme. I think that the Guardians are good enough. They, sh- they <laughs> We know, though, at the same time, uh, splits get to happen once a month. We had one split series in, in uh, April. We have had our one split series in March. So who's sweeping? Uh, who's winning all four games? I'd be more inclined to believe Toronto than Cleveland, but I also... I'm not going to sit there and say it's impossible. Uh for Cleveland to do it, it'd be very unlikely, but not necessarily impossible. Uh, but yeah, it should be it's a fun series. Toronto is a fun team. Uh, you, know, you got Vladi. you got Bo Bichette, you got that pitching staff. And it, it's <laughs> that front office as and it's worked out for that. I mean, when I was the lead draft analyst at scouting 24/7, nobody drafted more people from my top 100 every single year than the um Toronto Blue Jays. No one matched my boards like they did. No one agreed with me more than them. You know, I've joked on here about J.B. Woodman being my big miss, where I was, I I had him just outside the first round grade. And uh, who drafted him high in the second round? Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, uh, I was higher on Groshans than Nolan Gorman, who drafted Gorshans before Gorman. The Blue Jays. Uh, Now, neither of us look right. But then there's the other ones. Like, I mean, I was, I, I was, Top 10 pick great on Alec Manea. I mocked him to them and he, they ended up uh, selecting him. So you get some right, you get some wrong, but they've built a young core. The bloodlines are there, which are now that I'm 40 years old. It's fun because I'm like, oh, these are the kids of the guys I watched when I was a young kid. Like, I remember sitting there reading my Athlon guide because I used to love getting those in the mail. And <laughs> the, the Montreal story was all about, um, you know, uh, it must've been 95 because it was like Moises Alou writing. It was a fake Moises Alou to Felipe Alou letter talking about how he's leaving town and, you know, how they had, you know, everything was set up for them in 94 and they were in the best position ever, but Hey, there's this young kid coming up and he's going to be a star and he's never, there's not a pitch that he can't hit. And that was about Vladdy, uh, back in the day. But and I, I, you know, I can still remember that. I can still sit there and picture, um, that Athlon guide, um, should be, you know, what everyone wants for you to move away and not talk on the screen. Let's, let's do something fun here to end the show. It's, it's already gotten a little long. That's okay. I'm going to read a profile. Speaking of like old scouting things that I have and loved, I'm going to read an Outlook, but I'm going to cut out a name. So hit me up in the comments in here. Um, if you can figure out who it is and well, we'll see. This I'm going to go a little tricky on this first one. The I'm going to just read it as is, but again, cutting out the name. So the 1998 Outlook. See if you can guess this player who would have been opening day roster in 1998. The Indians almost gambled by not picking up his op, 1998 option. Uh, I feel like I'm, the Indians almost gambled by not picking up His 1998 option, they knew him a free agent so they could protect another player in November's expansion draft and signed him anyway. If he had signed with another club, Cleveland's bullpen would have suffered a serious loss. What bullpen player did they let hit free agency just so they would have to protect him in the expansion draft? Let me know again. Hit me up either on my Twitter, Jeff MLB Draft, or the comments here. Uh, and if it's fun, we'll continue to read some profiles and let people take some guesses from the Stats 1998 Scouting Notebook. I, I mean, I I was 17. I mean, I ate these things up. Like I said, I I, have, I can remember the fake Moises Alou article uh, written in the Athlon. I remember I can remember the pictures of, like, Jeff Jenkins with the Brewers as I loved anything prospect-related and read those little articles. So, uh, yeah, we went long, got a little... It's, you know, it's one in the morning my time, two in the morning your time, so that explains the punchiness. i got to get this uploaded so I can actually get some sleep. Thank you all for listening. Remember to rate and review. That really helps. Uh, Subscribe. The subscriptions are starting to taper off. Uh, Let's at least jump up over 200 here. Get your friends, your family, anyone you know. Go subscribe on the YouTube, uh, download daily, write a review on iTunes. All those little things can help this show grow. And as I say every time, go, go, Guardians, go.